What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, we have Ruth Zive. She is the SVP of marketing over at Ada. We get into a conversation that really boils down to understanding you know, the science component of marketing, but really how that affects your customer and how when you do that, you actually put your customer first. I enjoyed this conversation. I came out of the conversation like I'm sitting here now recording the intro afterwards and I'm absolutely buzzing because it was such a good combo. So I think you're going to enjoy this. Honestly, anyone, if you're in B2B, you know, SaaS, this is going to be the episode to listen to, but I think any marketer can gain from listening to this one. But before we get into that, as always, quick shout out to us, and that is us over here at Cave Social. We're a marketing agency, a social first marketing agency that helps put your brand on offense. So what that means is if you need help growing sales, followers, users, whatever that may be, we can help do that through creating meaningful moments on social media. Go over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us. We'd love to chat about your... All right. Now, let's get into this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me is Ruth Zive. She is the SVP of marketing at Ada. Ruth, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited. We had a great conversation before we hit record. So I'm really, really excited to get into this and some of the topics really around data, accountability as a marketer, really that science part of the brain when you're looking at, you know, about that equal parts arts and science. But before we do that, I want to pass the mic to you and I want you to tell our listeners, you know, what's your story? How did you find your way into this crazy world of marketing? Yeah, I definitely did not follow a traditional path. Out of university, I thought I wanted to change the world and I did my master's of social work and actually did that with a major in community organizing. So I wanted to go and do like nonprofit management, which is pretty much exactly what I did for about a decade, primarily focused on fundraising, which is really sales. You're just selling goodwill instead of you know, tangible things and marketing as well in the nonprofit world. And I I did that for a while when my kids were little and it was a nice, flexible environment to be working in at that time of my life. And then uh, I kind of got sucked over to the dark side because I knew somebody who was working in startup software and they wanted some help writing. And so I started writing for them on the side, freelance writing, you know, press releases and case studies and really enjoyed the fast pace of the startup world and uh, eventually quit my day job in nonprofit and started freelancing for more tech clients. And then my clients started asking me for more full service support. They wanted not just blog posts and press releases, they wanted the websites to go with it. And I partnered with somebody and uh, we founded a marketing agency, a more full service agency. And most of our clients were in the software and tech space. And I did that for about six or seven years. And then one of my clients pulled me in-house. I was there for four or five years and then joined Ada about two and a half years ago. So definitely not the path that I imagined for myself when I graduated university, but it was a great way to learn marketing and you know learn about the software space and and really cut my teeth in a way that was a little bit more unconventional. But I think often that's the case in in our world. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. The people who've come on the show and anyone who's listened for a while now knows that like senior level marketers come from all walks of life. And I think it comes down to this ability that it's like understanding how to one, connect with people and then two, how to like structure data or how to structure messaging or how to structure things that then it actually makes sense to your outcome. So social work is actually a great example because you're in a highly emotional space. We work with a couple nonprofits and philanthropy groups and it's it's highly emotional the content it's 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 really will move you but you have to have a structure or have a goal and what are we trying to do and how is this going to fit our larger purpose right and be able to take that kind of mindset and then apply that and I think that that can go into every every company outward to say okay we have like this content or this ad campaign and we love the creative and it feels great, but how does this fit our purpose, right? And, and our, how does it fit our goals as a company? So what I want to do now is kind of pass that over to you to talk about, like, how do you approach marketing from in content creation or efforts could be paid, AdWords, whatever it may be, but from an accountability and growth standpoint or OKRs, or, or do you use any of those methods? Or yeah, I'd just love to hear kind of your thought process on tying things back to results. Yeah, you said it. It's, you know, marketing is equal parts art and science. I'm much more inclined to over-index on the science side. I think that you want to tap into emotion. You want to be mission-driven. You want to look beautiful. You want creative that's inspiring. But at the end of the day, especially in the world of, you know, software startup, it, it has to drive results. It has to tie back to results and outputs. For my marketing organization at Ada, Everything we do from product marketing to brand to demand, even to the BDR team, which at Ada sits within marketing, we are working in service of one overarching goal, and that's to deliver pipeline coverage to our sales organization. And everything we do ladders up to that goal in some way, shape or form, including the brand and creative piece. So there are a whole host of metrics behind the model, but they all ladder up to pipeline coverage and ultimately revenue. Now that said, some things, you know, are leap of faith investments and those tend to be more on the brand oriented side, but we still track them and if they if they aren't delivering alongside of a growing pipeline number, then we would reevaluate whether or not those were the right investments in fact. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like looking at marketing, especially in the B2B space, as air cover for sales, right? And understanding that there's going to be a lot of ABM taking place. So there's going to be a sales team reaching out and that we're here uh, to create and amplify or one, to generate leads, but two, that when that prospect comes back to read up on the website or read about, okay, does this fit my business? That we're helping you know, convince before they convert. I think it's just, it speaks to having sales and marketing aligned for one so that you know sales isn't selling a golden ticket or marketing isn't selling a golden ticket that sales that we make sure that everything from product sales marketing it all kind of comes together it really goes after <laughs> those metrics that are important for sure now i want to give you a sec here and just kind of talk about like what does ada do just so we can set the table for my next question yeah i like to think of ada as the automation layer that fuels interaction between brands and their clients. So companies today invest so much in brand 
And then those investments are for nothing when a customer has a terrible interaction with that brand. So think about, you know, a company that you love, you buy something, you're so excited about what it is they've sold to you. And then you have a question, you try to reach out to them and you're on hold for an hour. You can't get your question answered. It's infuriating, like all of that brand equity for nothing. So ADA allows for automated interactions, which delivers the client better access, a better experience, more power to get what they need at the end of the day. And we're doing that for fast-growing digital-first companies across the globe. Our clients include Zoom, Facebook, some of the best-known brands in the world. And especially during COVID, I think we've really allowed companies to be there for their customers when it's mattered most. Yeah, you hit on something really big there, which is how quickly you can lose brand equity when it's a poor experience. And this is something that I've I scream from the mountaintops and on this show and listeners, I will, I've said it once, I will say it again, but customer service is part of marketing. It's not something, it's not something you just contract out and turn off the lights because there's so many brands and think, okay, think about any telecom provider, any telecom provider you've ever worked with, or you've had, we all have cell phones and you got a deal and you got to call them is like pulling teeth to get things accomplished. I don't care if you're in Canada, any one of them. Or if you're in the US, any one of them, it literally doesn't matter. And that's a poor brand experience because my actual touch point with the brand is now I'm talking with a person who, for, and I don't even blame the person, it's just not a priority for that brand. And you can tell, or I'm put on a phone tree where every time I talk with a person, I have to retell them my address. And it's like some companies have brought that experience online too right? With the way they handle things. So if a person has already bought from you, they've gotten to this point, the the marketing has worked, right? The sales team has worked and you've purchased. And to not understand that when a person has an issue and they reach out, that this is a chance to win them back, turn them into an evangelist. And I think it's like such a missed opportunity for brands. It's something, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on like, how it's positioned, I guess, to customers on like the importance of customers. I'm assuming at Ada, you all believe that customer service falls as part of the marketing team, correct? Absolutely. Well, what we believe is that, you know, the same person that lands on your website in one moment to learn about your products and services, moments later can be your customer. And the fact that that those touch points are being addressed internally in a siloed way between different departments diminishes that experience for the customer. You know, you should be able to answer your customers' questions automatically 24-7 based on the action that they've taken on your website or in-app or through their past purchasing history. They shouldn't have to jump through hoops to get their questions answered. You know, we have the opinion at Ada that automation really should front-end that experience so that you can free up your expensive highly skilled human resources to do things when it matters the most. They shouldn't have to be asking the same questions over and over again. They should be armed with the answers to those questions once they initiate that conversation with with the customer or prospect. So we think automation is what really empowers that kind of experience, allows human resources to be more effective, provides better access, diminishes wait times. That's really what the value that data provides. Right. So you're really facilitating a lot of one and dones from a customer service perspective. And then, like you said, leaving the human resources there for when things do need to be escalated. Exactly. Right. You got um, it. Yeah. It's something that I think, you know, this kind of comes back to the start of the conversation, right? Where we look at the science side of it. Now we can say that and say, okay, but how many for your customers, like how many inquiries were one and dones? 
right? It's like, that's a metric we can look at and say, look, here's what we did from a customer service standpoint, or here's what ADA enables from a customer service standpoint that makes your organization from a value proposition, be able to free up human resources so they can make, put their decision-making power towards building the brand or building the company. And like, all of those things start to become more and more clear, right? So it's taking that emotional human connection side of things, but then having that data in behind it. That's right? exactly right. Our CEO likes to talk about how, you know, when you have your favorite coffee shop on the corner of your street, maybe this is a, a pre-COVID consideration, but you know, your favorite coffee, coffee shop at the end of your street, you go there every morning, they know your name, they know your favorite order, they greet you, they might ask about your kids or your job. You've got like this intimate connection there because they know about you and understand you. That's hard to scale. When you walk into your bank, where you may have been banking for 20 years, you don't have that same experience necessarily. And this is where companies struggle. It's how do they continue to deliver that personalized, intimate, meaningful experience and access to the customer at scale? And it's very, very difficult to achieve without automation and without access to the data that informs you about what your customers care about. And so, you you know, you're exactly right. The data is what allows for a more meaningful experience, a more meaningful relationship between brands and their customers. And yet companies haven't seemed to crack the code on how they can lean into that data at scale to preserve that. So you know, our, our clients are doing that more effectively. And it's been really exciting to watch, especially during COVID when they've been inundated with, you know, unprecedented volumes of inquiries and interactions. Yeah, it's it's interesting, because I think companies get caught up on like, we have this, you know, system, or we have these people in place. And at the end of the day, it's do you solve your customers' problems quickly? Because that person, I don't care what company you are, I don't want to be engaging with the customer service thing for 30 minutes in my day. Totally. It's like, like once again, telecom provider, we've all been on that thing where you're maybe you're on the call with them for an hour and nothing gets resolved and you walk away just pissed off at that brand. That's the last thing you want consumers and your customers to feel. So it's really what you all are doing is like, through speed, efficiency, and automation, you're actually empowering the customer to get more back of their day right? It's so interesting at that level that they get more time back through a company having leveraged automation to solve their problem faster. Exactly. I love that. The customer first, you know, it's really comes back to putting people like when we get to, we look at the data, but when we get to it, it's really how much time do you free up for people? How fast do you solve their problems and how scalable is it? Yeah. Like do customers really want experiences? Are they on a journey? No, they want to get their stuff done. They want the refund. They want to upgrade. They want to return. They want to track their package. Like they want to get something done and (laughs) not getting it done for them has massive brand implications, which is such a shame because companies are spending billions of dollars to grow their brand equity. And you know, like you said, in an instant, it can be, it's gone because of that bad experience. So- Oh yeah, it's it's like customers don't care about your company's why when their package is late. Right. Like just, okay. Right, and like, as a marketer, like that, that's infuriating to me. That's why absolutely customer service should be a marketing consideration. You know, you have to consolidate- that full spectrum of touch points because 
they're all related. It's the same person. Um, and the investments that we make as marketers, we don't want to see those diminished on the other side. You know, we're not making those investments just for purposes of securing the sale. We want to preserve the lifetime value of that customer, grow it over time, make sure that they feel connected, that loyalty is you know, extended. So those should all be top of mind considerations for marketers as well. Uh, spot on. I really enjoyed this route. This was awesome. But before I let you go, let people know, where can they find out more about Ada and connect with you online? So check out our website at ada.cx and absolutely look for me on LinkedIn. I post regularly. Would love to uh, chat with your listeners there. Amazing. I will put uh, links to both of those, both Ruth's LinkedIn and Ada on the show notes page. So wherever you're listening, just click on that link and you will be able to check those out. Ruth, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Oh.